This is Debbie Rashawn, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Decapitation without your head. We're here at Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival, the second year, and we finally have Greg Lamberson here. Almost missed me. Yeah, almost, but we, <laughs> we made it happen. So not only do you, uh, the guy puts us on with Chris, but you also had a movie this weekend. I did. I know the programmer, so I gave myself a good slot. Right. So are you ever allowed to win any awards? No. no. All right. I'm not, and... Uh, our central volunteers or not, because everybody works on films. Right. If somebody just does something tenuous, we might make an exception. Yeah. So Widow's Point. Yes. How long How long has this been in the works? We shot it one year ago. Mm-hmm. One year ago in August. And then there was maybe five months of lead up to that. Yeah. I wrote the script quickly based on the novella, raised the money quickly, shot it quickly. Do you Have you done that before, written something based on someone else's work? Never. So what was that experience like? Um... Here's the story. Uh, Richard Chismar, founder of Cemetery Dance, co-wrote this novella with his son. Rich has invested money in some of my other films, like Killer Rack. He's been very supportive. Never asked for any special consideration. He has a background in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He's, he sold some TV scripts to Masters of Horror. He oh, wrote, nice. He wrote the screenplay, co-wrote the screenplay yeah. for uh, Roadhouse 2. Yeah, which I heard. I, don't, I didn't even know of that movie, but Jason apparently knew. Uh, it stars Jonathan Sheck, mm-hmm. the actor who plays uh, the cowboy with the scar in Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. With Jonah Hex. So he's actually Rich's writing partner. Mm-hmm. So Rich has been through the Hollywood game, and he doesn't have a lot of interest or patience for it. Yeah. That's why his publishing empire, Cemetery Dance, is based in Maryland. Mm-hmm. But he does love film, and his son loves film. And he, over the years, we've discussed doing a project together. He's like, oh, we should write it together. And I'm like, I don't, I don't write with anyone else you write the script yeah i'll direct we'll produce together and he always says yes but then he gets busy with something like uh-huh. co-writing a book with stephen king or something like that so he is he showed me a, a story and i think another novella wanting to know if maybe we could do it as a low budget film i thought both of them would be too expensive he came here two years ago with his one of his son's films mm-hmm. and uh, a week later gave me an advanced copy of this novella yeah. widow's point So I said to him, if you're really interested, let me write the script Mm because I know I'll write it fast. And if you like what I do, we'll go from there. He said, great. And I wrote that. I thought about it. I mean, I I have to process things for a couple of weeks. But I wrote the script in two weeks Mm -hmm. and made all the changes I was going to make. And that script is very similar to what we shot. And this is the one time I've adapted someone else's work. As an author, I'm respectful of the the work. I knew it needed a different ending. I knew it needed a couple of other characters. But a lot of the, the flashbacks are right out of the book. 
all that dialogue that Craig says during his breakdown at the end, yeah. both when he's on the stairs and when he's in the room, those are lines from the novella. I just found a way to incorporate them into an action sequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And was he happy with yeah. it? Yeah, he was very happy. Yeah. Okay. There were a couple of things that he had, he just asked me. Uh, questions, questioning logic. Do you think this? Do you think that? But he always accepted my explanation. And he was co-executive producer of the film with Aaron Elizabeth Heald. So he could have pulled his weight if he wanted to. Right. A very easygoing guy, very yeah. good collaborative process. Was the book itself, or the story, uh, was it cinematic when you're reading it? Well, it's very Lovecraftian, mm -hmm. which means it's first person and it's very much about mood. Yeah. Um, it's dealing with this huge lighthouse in the book. It's this giant, tall yeah. edifice. It's not the little house that we have. Uh, so there were visual aspects, but it's mostly like lo a real Lovecraft story. It's the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of suggestions there more than anything. Um, the chief difference between the two is that there are a lot more stories in the novella. The history of the lighthouse. There's yeah. just so many stories. And I think that if we had included even one more, it would have been an anthology mm -hmm. with Sheffer's, like the Raff, Sheffer's main story being the yeah. wraparound. And I wanted to get, I wanted the first half basically to be those flashbacks with him reacting to them and the second half to be him. Mm -hmm. And then what I came up with in my adaptation was to bring all those different ghosts and, and bring them together at the end. That was my invention. Yeah. And you said you knew of the lighthouse where you wanted to shoot it before? Sort of. Uh, I grew up in the town next to the town with a lighthouse, and I used to hang out at the beach. Uh -huh. And I saw that house many times and never knew it was a lighthouse. Right. Because right. it really is. It's like a, a haunted house with a little lighthouse on yeah, the side. Yeah. A little... Um, so I saw it many times and once I even went looking for the lighthouse, cause there's a sign saying Dunkirk lighthouse <laughs> and I didn't recognize that that building was it. Um, when this one came along, I knew that my daughter would be great as I'm reading the book thinking, how can I make a movie out of this? I, Oh, there's a big part for my daughter right. and Oh, this old man on page four, that has got to be Michael Thurber mm -hmm. from, from killer rack. Um, but I knew that. Chris, Fred Olin Ray and Chris Ray had done a lighthouse movie for Lifetime or something. So there's another lighthouse besides that one. Okay. Uh, but both of Is them there are... there a lot of lighthouses around here? Uh, five or six. Okay. Um, from Cape Cod. But, but only two of them could have worked for our purposes. And I went with the one in the town next to mine. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, local boy comes home, makes movies. Sure. It's a, it was fun. Yeah. I like how you said that it was um, from Killer Rack. It's a bald guy. Michael Thurber. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. He's fantastic. He's, and yeah. right now he's mad at me. Oh, why is that? Because he got a he got a copy of the book uh -huh. signed by uh, Craig. Uh -huh. No, signed by Richard and, and Billy on set. And he said, will you please get me a copy of the book signed by Craig? Yeah. And I said, yes. Well, you saw how busy it was. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when yeah. this goes on, yeah, I was, I'm doing a Q&A. There's a line right. out here. And then I get out here and I'm like a manager. Sure. So it's, I did, it didn't happen. So now I have to impose yeah. upon Rich to do me that favor. Oh, okay. All right. Well, how did Craig get involved? You said that you guys were friends before this? Yeah. We worked on a film called Battle Dogs six years ago. It was a sci-fi TV movie that Chris Ray produced. And I was the first assistant director on that. And that had a good cast. It was him. It was Wes Studi. Oh, it was the the little girl from Jurassic Park growing up, okay. Ernie Hudson, oh, cool. Dennis Haysbert. I mean, this was a big cast. It was, yeah. a, it was close to a million-dollar movie. Mm -hmm. First thing that size that I'd worked on, it was a huge job. But uh, I saw him as a first assistant director. I would obviously sell, say hello to the actors, but I saw him reading. And I normally don't do this, but I, but I brought up, I'm an author. Yeah. And he said, oh, I'd love to read some of your stuff. And I gave him one of my books, one that was like a, a, a shorter book. 
Um, and he loved it. And we've actually been developing that as a movie or TV series for like five years now. Um, things keep getting in the way. But we talk fairly often. Yeah. You know, because I'm always I'm writing the script to his specifications mm -hmm. on that one. For him, he's calling the shots, and I'm re rewriting my material. Yeah. To satisfy Is he a him. horror guy? Does he like horror uh, stories? Um, he likes everything. Yeah. You know, he's uh, he's obviously done a number of horror films. And while we were developing this book of mine, he was involved with an adaptation of another Clive Barker thing that fell through. Mm -hmm. So it's it's something that's in his wheelhouse. I, I don't think he wants to do just horror. You know? Sure. I know he. But liked, I mean, he, he likes the story, so he and, liked it. So. Yeah. Well, I've approached him about things in the past. Mm -hmm. My line of thinking is, I cannot afford Craig Sheffer for a lead role. Maybe he'll like one of these two or three day parts. You know, you know how you yeah. do it. Get a cameo. But he's never wanted to go that route. He's still when he's in movies, he's still the lead guy. Mm -hmm. So he's never really been interested. Um, he's. I don't want to get into his personal life sure. but he's been tied up with, with some family matters mm -hmm. um that have really limited him to doing maybe one movie a year yeah and uh rich is friends with another actor good friends and he thought maybe that would be the lead and i said okay we'll try that and i turned to my wife and i said it's not going to work yeah and, you know with the whole management team and stuff it's just not going to work in a little film like that when it falls through we'll turn to craig yeah and that's what happened i called him he read the script that night and we made we made a deal that night, although there, it's always a longer process than that because he's got a manager, so we still have to go through all the contract stuff. Yeah. But we had an existing relationship. He liked the part, and I think he was kind of chomping at the bit to get out of the house and do something. Yeah. And so um, once you start making it, he was uh, easy to work with? Oh, he was a prince. It's funny. He said to me, um, I'll come out there. I'll, I'll do the script as one. Well, I'm not going to ask for any changes, blah, 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 because I've been going through the development yeah. process at our own thing. I said, okay. And then the very next time I spoke to him, he said, I just have one question. I go, yeah. He goes, does it have to be an octopus? <laughs> yeah. And I said, yes, it has to be uh -huh. an octopus. He's not familiar with the Lovecraft sure. mythos. I even saw some of it. There, I know it was mentioned, but I I saw it like the, on the, I was like, not a cave run, but it was, you know, a little picture of an octopus before. And so I, I was looking forward to the end if, if that's where it was going. Uh, we, we actually edited out a lot of more. There was yeah. a lot more of it. It was cool. I mean, I love stop motion, but yeah. uh, it, tonally it just didn't fit the live action stuff going out in that room, which has a very Twilight Zone like yeah. feeling. Did you ever think of changing the other way to make it make uh, the the rest of the movie fit the live action? Well, what if I did that and then the octopus sucked? As it turns out, <laughs> right. the octopus was good, but it didn't quite fit. And it's there in a form. It's just sure. I compare what's there now more to like what was in the Dunwich Horror. Yeah. You know, it, you see it quickly, but it's suggestive. Yeah. Had he seen it before uh, this weekend? No. So no. Deep, uh, he's, he's listen, I'm uh, technologically inept. He's yeah. even worse than I am. OK. I send him the secure link screeners and stuff. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> I was just wondering what he thought then. Uh if this was his first time seeing the octopus, you know, actually uh, in the movie. I will tell you that the octopus was his chief concern because he knew what our budget was. Yeah. And he didn't think we'd be able to pull off. I think what's there looks really good. What did you think? It, yeah, I like the octopus I a lot. Really, I, I, like, really I love cool. the eye, especially when it's, it's uh, <laughs> blinking. And, yeah. Pretty gross. Yeah. So he dug that, I see. As far as I know, okay. I mean, maybe he was just putting on a good show for the crowd that was here. <laughs> right, taking photos. Right. I, I will hear his his gut reaction fairly soon. Right. But I mean, how can he be disappointed with that performance? Yeah, that, that's a career performance right yeah. there. Yeah, in my little in it. my little movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so having your daughter in the movie mm -hmm. now, I mean, obviously your daughter. 
But you must think that she's good or else you wouldn't have her in the movie when she's your daughter, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, my daughter is uh, – she's grown up on sets. She doesn't realize she's got this unusual childhood. Right. You know? That's why I always wonder when people ask that, like, what's it like to have, a, you know, a director or an actor? But how would they know? Because they wouldn't yeah, know. They don't like, have a frame right. of reference. When she was they very little, twice, she know. said to me, Daddy, sometimes I'm embarrassed. They ask what the parents are doing, and this kid's father's a doctor, this one's a lawyer, and, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm like, well, don't be, because what I do is cooler than any of that. Yeah, I would And now so. she knows that. Right. Um, but, like, when she was little, she would go with me to the like the, the shop where they were creating the snow shark and things like yeah. that. So she understands this stuff. She had that one scene in Johnny Gruesome, which was cute. People love it. But what impressed me was that we didn't have to do her scene line by line. Mm-hmm. She had the whole thing down and, and did it like that. So I knew she could do it. Um, bigger part. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I was confident she could do it. And uh, I knew with my wife producing me directing and her having a large role, it's not a tiny role at all, it was just going to be a unique experience for us as a family that we'll always remember. That's That's been the case. Yeah, which is very nice. You gave her uh, roses, in the, uh, which we'll have in the Q&A. And, right. Yeah. And we'll always have this record and all the films that she's had little parts in. She has a small part yeah. in Dry Bones. She has a cameo in uh, Slime City Massacre. We have a visual record. We don't have home movies, really, but we have well, yeah, movies. Right. We have yeah. movie movies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is that something that she wants to pursue acting? You know, she's more interested in music. But when I say I'm working on something that I want to do, she does say, "Oh, are there any kid parts in that?" So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my, this is my strange plan. I, I know what I want the next two projects to do, and I figure by the time they're done, she'll be in high school. Mm-hmm. And when when she is ready to graduate, I actually want to do a high school musical. Okay. Not like high school musical music. Sure, sure. Like one, I of, the, like that, one yeah. of these indie films, but it will just happen yeah, to be Yeah, there's been some cool ones lately. So, like, uh, uh, you know, the Apocalypse. And there was one this weekend There was a cool music. So that's something that I would like to do. And obviously, if the timing doesn't work out, it just won't happen. Because it's got to be a high school story, and it's going to be her or I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> when you have a movie in, um, on the, in the festival, is that harder or easier? to put together the festival itself. This one was hard. And the reason is, you know, people pay to submit films and I chase films and we reject films. And ordinarily, like when I showed Dry Bones here, I just put it at the end of the festival. I did not want to take any of the key slots. I just think that's the right thing to do. When Johnny Gruesome played here, it had already had a local premiere. So I was able to put it on a later slot. Um, This one, it's the first time showing it's a premiere. I knew I'd get 200 people in there. So it's for the good of the festival that I give that that 7 p.m. slot. So it was only difficult in terms of trying not to over-promote it because I want all my I want all the filmmakers to know that I'm promoting their films ahead of mine. Yeah. Uh, but then just managing, you know, I did the the Fred Vogel Q and A, and there was stuff going on out here that usually I would run. So I'm worried if Chris and my wife are handling it. Yeah. And just doing the theater management in conjunction with the festival, and then my own duties as the the host of the premiere, it was a lot to do. Yeah. A Fred Volga movie is amazing, by the way. Yes, people haven't seen. And, and for people who, uh, maybe if you're not necessarily a fan of the Fred Volga movies, the other ones, um, not that you don't think they're good, maybe they're not your style. It's a totally different kind of movie. Very uh, straightforward thriller, very good dramatic piece. A lot of people told me it was their favorite film of the festival. It's mine. I haven't seen tonight's, but yeah. Some have seen his other films, some haven't. Mm-hmm. But they know that the, what they saw that day, they loved yeah, and it's it was hard. It's hard to pull off. I think when it's, 
I know there's other people. It's basically two characters, di- dialogue, you know, pretty much the whole movie, but you totally immersed in it. The, the music, again. the style of the credit sequence, as soon as you meet each one of the characters, you know exactly everything you need to know about them, just from yeah. the performances. That film would not work without two top-notch actors. Yeah. So, I mean, he did the right thing casting those two guys, obviously. Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't get interviews with them here, but I've been setting them up for the podcast. Rangers, he'll yep. probably be on next week, and then... Uh, Fred sometime in the next month or two when he can schedule it. Without Your Head podcast is without your deadline podcast. It goes on and on. The subjects do not have to be uh, interviewed during the course of the festival. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, when you're running the festival, do you get to see the... Well, you've already seen the movies, but Mm -hmm. do you go and watch uh, even bits of them like... To see what the reaction is. I usually spend the lead up to the festival saying, oh, I can't wait to see this on a big screen. Yeah. It's just so busy, the opening weekend. I did see Isaac's film, mm-hmm. Parallel. Parallel was great, too. Um, I haven't watched any of the other ones straight through. I just pop in to check on the technical stuff and then go back to my little spot yeah. over there. Uh, but tonight, the final night, I mm-hmm. am going to watch Larry Fessenden's uh, Depraved, yes, beginning to end. It, yeah. And I am definitely going to watch Christoph. Uh, Karabachi's yeah. Vortex or WTF feature. Yeah. The last night is usually fun because you see, I'm I plan ahead, unlike Chris. I packed uh-huh. up my stuff last night. He's right. got to pack up his tonight. All that stuff can be set aside, and we can just go in on the last night and watch movies. I still yeah. do the Q and A's, but that's a breeze. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vortex, we um, just because I won't be here tonight, I have to leave, so I get to see it uh, in the hotel. And we went. He told me he's like, you gotta watch. You can't watch on a laptop. Yet, I did. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so we went and bought an HDM, HDMI cable so we could hook it up to the TV in the hotel room and watch it. And it's definitely a movie you should watch <laughs> on the big screen though, because it's very visual and it's it uh, very visual. I'm sure the the sound plays a big role in it. Yes, it's very hypnotic. And I have to say, after you watch it, um, if you, since we're in Buffalo, if you eat buffalo wings, you have a different uh, a different <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. Jason brought up and then was kind of off-putting, but um, yes, but yeah, that's what it is. I don't want to give it away. It's very, very weird. And he's the man, and it's very cool that he stayed here all week to watch all the movies. Week in from Paris, France. Yeah, and he see, and you know, he seemed very excited and happy to watch all the movies. Yeah, he's, he's a really good guy. The funny thing is, is uh, he said, "Okay, I'm coming to the festival." I'm like, "Wonderful." Yeah. He says, "I'm coming for the whole week," and I'm like. Wow. No one's ever come for the whole week before. And then I'm thinking about the film, and I'm like, I look at his Facebook page picture, and I'm like, is he a normal guy? What, <laughs> right, what should we expect here? Do we really him. want him for a whole week? <laughs> right. And uh, he's a sweetheart. So, yeah. Wonderful. Worked out great. Yeah, you do wonder how he made something <laughs> like that. But, yeah. So uh, where does um, Widow's uh, Point go from here? I do a uh, screening in the town of the Lighthouse to benefit the lighthouse in two weeks. Then I will be at uh, Twin Tiers International Film Festival, which is in New York. And then at the end of September, I will be Philadelphia Unnamed Film Festival in Philadelphia. Yeah. And that's the actual name of it. Yes. That name. I like that name. Which the, the abbreviation is Puff. Oh, Not okay. so crazy Puff. about Puff. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And then, you know, next week we'll start hearing about October. I expect to be at a different festival every weekend in October. And during that time... We will look for a sales agent to look yeah. for a good distribution deal. Yeah. What's that experience like you when you go to other festivals with your movie? I don't usually do it. Okay. I have done it, but, but typically when I do it, 
I go in for the screening and I come back somewhere in Canada, for mm -hmm. instance. I rarely spend the night for Twin Tears. I'm planning to spend two nights. I, I want to do what all the filmmakers here do, you know, network with the other yeah, yeah. filmmakers and stuff. I want to experience that and do what I want people to do for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I start traveling more for the other festivals in October, it'll probably be back to the one night thing. I can't do what these filmmakers do and, and spend three, four days at a festival. I think it's fantastic that they can do that. Yeah. I got a wife. I got it a daughter. A commitment. I've got yeah. jobs. My wife doesn't drive, so I'm the wheels, you know, mm -hmm. cats, all that stuff. Yeah. I just make Jason drive me around. He's my festival wife, I guess. Seb doesn't drive. Yeah. If he did... You would be driving the whole festival. <laughs> okay. It's good to see Seb again. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you'll have something new next year at the at the festival. Hopefully. Yeah. Did you did you hear what we did this morning? Um. No, I don't believe so. Oh no, I, I did see on Facebook. <laughs> he was watching one of your movies. We, well, we watched. Plutonium Baby, right. an 80s movie, which I ghost directed. I People don't know, I that, know that as yeah. one of my films. Right. So I did about Does that happen of often, that. ghost uh, directing? Well, I, I don't know what happens for other people, but right. on this one, uh, the director took his name off the credit. He did the first half of the film, and I ghost directed about half of his stuff. And then they had a 37 minute movie. Yeah. So they brought us back, and I directed the whole second half. Um, and the producer took the credit, which mm. was just fine because we all knew what we were making <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. time. But, yeah. So that was fun watching that with Seb this morning. Had you seen it for a while? Or? I haven't seen it in 10 years. I had it on DVD. The DVD was unwrapped only because I loaned it to somebody. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I assume you know just everywhere I'm watching your own movies. It would be, be a little strange, I guess. But Seb, who named, he named his, uh, his production company, Melting Man Productions. Uh, who's our director of Melting Man? William Sachs. William Sachs, yeah, he does that. Uh, when I had him on, he does a lot of uh, ghosts. He didn't call it ghost directing, directing but movies are finished and they, they're not happy with them, and he re-edits them. He did that with Leprechaun, apparently. If anyone wanted to pay me to do that, I'd be happy to do it. All right, I'll put the word out. Yeah. Nasty Neil, it won't do you any good if I, I tell anyone, but I'll pretend. I wasn't thinking it was, but maybe somebody <laughs> out there watching right, is yeah. writing my name down right now. Very true. Pay Greg and take the credit myself. Yeah. Uh, for you personally, like, with someone like Seb uh, who comes to the festival and you see them like progress as a filmmaker, what's that experience like for you? Well, first of all, there's no one like Seb. That's true. That's true. And second of all, Thank I'm God. a big, I no. am a bigger fan of Seb's short films than mm -hmm. I am of his longer films. So I don't think he's progressing. I think he's regressing. <laughs> and I'm enough. looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to his next one. And I ha still have to see the Mummy film. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking. looking I, yeah, I love the name Winter <laughs> Mummy. It's very interesting. Well, it's very good to finally do a video with you. Yes, we, on the podcast. We didn't time. do this last year. Yeah, I tried to. It's just you're very I busy. Know, very busy. You were even busier last year without. Well, you didn't movie here last year, but you were actually finishing the other movie. It's a lot of work. These festivals, and you know, you got to worry about the. You know, last year we had all, all sorts of technical problems. Yeah, yeah. We only had one this year, mm -hmm. and it wasn't a disaster. But uh, yeah, it's very busy for me, and I'm not doing anything. 102 movies. I know you only have so much time to get someplace to get food and get back, and then you got to do an interview. Yeah, yeah. I set up a bunch of them, and a lot of them didn't come through, but. A lot of them. The ones that did were great. Uh, and the ones who content. didn't, are you rescheduled with, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there anyone the that ducked you that you... Oh, no, it wasn't It wasn't like, hey, I'm not doing that. It was just time-wise. Oh, yeah, it's just hard to manage things. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it was great, and I always have a good time here. Good. Yeah. Come back next year. Yeah, that's good to see you. You too, off-camera person. Yeah. You, Jason, you want to come <laughs> in and say hi? 
No? All right. Fair enough. Maybe next time. There is no Jason. It's not real. I wish. No, no. Hello, this is Sebastian Godet. I am the director of Like Animator, and you are listening to Without Your Head.